also by anti-highlight reel, I mean, not just sharing what we've kind of come to know social media for, which is just this pretty perfect place where everyone's posting their best stuff. That's all well and good. I really love to post my not best moments too, because I've actually found that that is what really allows me to create connections with people and build genuine friendships online. I think self-awareness is a deep understanding of who you are at your core, what excites you, what inspires you, what scares you, what triggers you, what do you gravitate towards, what are things that you get irritated by, what is something you could spend hours talking about or working on and you wouldn't even realize that time passed. Welcome to season five of the Making a Marketer podcast with your hosts, Megan Powers with Event Marketing Partners and Powers of Marketing and Jen Cole with Gretemann Group and Xstand. This show is for all levels of experience talking marketing and business with the best guests in the industry. It's important to keep up on the latest trends and topics and this is just the spot. Two guarantees, you will learn and laugh. Here we go. Welcome to episode 106 of the Making a Marketer podcast. I am Megan Powers, and my lovely co-host is Ms. Jen Cole. Hi, Jen. How are you? I'm great today, Megan. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Yeah. had a good weekend. Yay. And looking forward to executing on an event that's been, you know, only a few months in the making, not several months in the making as it should have been, which as a result <laughs> has made it a bit painful. Yeah, <laughs> but there is a light at the end of the tunnel. It will be over on Thursday. So, and then I go to Bottle Rock for the yes. music festival with a with a wine and culinary problem. So, heck yeah! I think I remember you sending me photos from that thing before. I'm jealous. Well, and I shared the lineup with you and Tim, and yeah. So it's, oh. I've never seen Metallica before, so that'll be fun. Thanks for oh, lining. Yes. Do you remember last year when you sent me Chromeo in the line, lineup and you were at the Chromeo concert? That's what we're doing this weekend in Denver. We're going to Red Rock to see Chromeo finally. Oh, how fun! That's awesome. Excellent. Yes. All right. Without further ado, we want to welcome our beautiful, sunshiny, lovely guest, Julia Jornsey Silverberg. Welcome. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I love both of you. So I am psyched to be on your podcast. Well, and we love you. Thanks for coming yeah. on. Yeah, Thanks this is going to be fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I was like, what do we talk about? Because we could talk about so many different things, but yeah. I really like the direction that we've chosen for this show. Julia Dornte Silverberg is a social media enthusiast who loves to excite, inspire, and motivate people to cut through the digital clutter by being authentic and vulnerable online. She has a diverse background working for the Buffalo News, the Buffalo Niagara Partnership, and Telesco Creative Proof. As the 2018 recipient of the Emerging Alumni Award, Granted by the University at Buffalo School of Management and Alumni Association, Julia has more than 10 years of experience working in digital marketing and is known for delivering powerful presentations that leave people feeling excited and empowered. She's also a dance party enthusiast and creator of the anti-highlight reel. I can attest to the speaking thing too, because I got to see her at Social Media Week Lima in August, which that's coming up, right? It is. It's coming up on June 15th and 16th. It is right around the corner. And yeah, it was so much fun to speak at Lima last year. I love getting to 
inspire anyone to just bring more of their true self to the table. Love it. Yeah. And we're going to hear a lot about that today on this show. And if you aren't sure where Lima, Ohio is, that's not surprising. However, this is an amazing, amazing social media conference. And so if you have the ability to get to Lima next month, do that. How can they get to registration? Now, just go to nowmarketinggroup.com. Yeah, you can go to nowmarketinggroup.com. You can go to sociallima.com. You can just message me and I will get you all of the information that you need to know. You guys, it's like summer camp for adults. So if you love digital marketing, this is a place where you're going to find your people. You're going to have so much fun. You're going to learn a lot and leave with a whole bunch of new friends. And it's just like, as a marketer, you guys are doing this all the time with your podcast, but it's like, you need to have a few people who you can bounce things off with because it's just critical to staying sane in this industry. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And even if you don't attend the sessions, go for the people. Yes, <laughs> Although exactly. I highly recommend the sessions. It's like an intimate group. It's the perfect size conference, I think. So awesome. Okay. Well, now we'll have, um, let's have Jen kick us off. First yes. All right. So Megan, you mentioned the anti-highlight reels. So, and Juliet, you talk a lot about the anti-highlight reels. So it's just a really cool concept. For those who aren't familiar with what you mean by this, do you mind explaining what it is and what initially inspired you to put this kind of content out into the world so consistently? I would love to explain it. Um, before I explain, you know, I'll give a little explanation and then I'll kind of share why I feel so strongly about this. So by anti-highlight reel, I mean, not just sharing what we've kind of come to know social media for, which is just this pretty perfect place where everyone's posting their best stuff. While that's all well and good, I really love to post my not best moments too, because I've actually found that that is what really allows me to create connections with people and build genuine friendships online. And so I actually got started doing this in December, 2018. I actually called off my wedding and ended a relationship. And at the time, my ex-fiance, he was a major part of my social media. He was all over the place when I did stories. He, he'd be in the background and we were together for six years. So people just knew that to be a big part of my life. And I realized I could kind of just hide that this was going on and kind of keep showing up on social media with this fake smile. Or I could let people know that I was really sad and going through a major life transition. And that's what I decided to do. It was really scary, but I opened up. I didn't share all the details of what was going on. And that's another thing too. By anti-highlight reel, I don't mean share every little nitty gritty detail. It just means be human. Let yourself share the parts about you that I'm struggling with this, or I went through this and here's what I learned. And so I let people know I was going through it and I just created so many connections. People crawled out of the woodworks to share their story, to offer support, to be like, Hey, if you ever just want to grab coffee, it was just unbelievable to see what happened as a result of that. And so I have just fully leaned into that. So I've got videos with me with puffy eyes after crying about my dog having, you know, some little <laughs> or whatnot. And I've just kind of found that this kind of content is what is super relatable and refreshing because I think people are tired of seeing only the perfect moments because we, none of our lives are always perfect. So I think when we share the full gamut, 
we are much more inviting and real. And that's how we actually become friends with people is when we feel like they're actually real. Yeah. You know, I actually, I I agree with that a lot and I can definitely relate to it as well. But the cool thing is I can back it up with data. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I just so happens this morning when I was going through my newsletter, social media today put out this really cool infographic about TikTok influencers and how the whole idea of influencer is definitely shifting. There is now old fashioned influencers who are polished and pretty all the time and absolutely perfect. But that, you know, they're looking at TikTok influencers of today, like this year, and seeing that people are really starting to gravitate more towards the real, the honest, the the anti-highlight real, exactly the kind of stuff that you're talking about right now, Julia. Yeah, it's because who can relate to someone's life if all you're seeing is just like, oh, I did this and that, and this was great. And right. this was, it's like, no one, mm, that's not real. So I love that, Jen. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was really cool. Perfect day to see something like that too. I was like, oh, absorb. <laughs> <laughs> That is awesome. Yeah, I appreciate. And it's interesting because I'm not, I'm not actually showing up on social media like I used to, mostly because I just don't have the time. And so really, I'm only sharing about my podcasts that I'm on for the most part, or occasionally if I'm on Facebook, which I'm rarely on anymore, a memory will pop up and that's something that I want to share. But yeah, or and then Instagram stories, you know, here and there, but it's hard to be all like that, that thing that you're talking about, in addition to the other stuff when you just don't have the time. But anyway, that's another conversation. So <laughs> my question is, so are you self-love and self-awareness are top priorities for you. So what would you say to someone who isn't sure like how to become self-aware? Like what does that, what does that even mean? That's a great question. I think self-awareness is a deep understanding of who you are at your core, what excites you, what inspires you, what scares you, what triggers you, what do you gravitate towards, what are things that you get irritated by, what is something you could spend hours talking about or working on and you wouldn't even realize that time passed. I think it's just, to me, self-awareness is an understanding of ourself in every sense of the word. And I think it's so critical for life and it, it translates to business, it translates to relationships, it's everything because it's the relationship that you have to yourself and self-awareness has to come before self-love, right? Like if you don't really know who you are, there's no way for you to really love who you are because you're not, you don't really know what you love, right? And I fully believe that self-love is the act of understanding who you are and actually deciding to accept all of those things, right? So I have a lot of characteristics that I don't love, but I understand that they are what make me me and I love who I am. And so I'm able to to then be forgiving when those characteristics come out or when I act in a way that I'm not proud of because I understand who I am, where that comes from, and then able to cultivate like that grace and understanding for myself. And I just think that if we're not doing that with ourselves, for ourselves, there is no way we can expect to be doing it with or for others. And so I, as someone who loves people and loves connecting to other people, I think self-awareness is just so important because if you're not willing to take the time to get to know you and to love on you, how can you be doing that with other people? It just, to me, it doesn't make sense. We, we have to pour into ourselves first. It's, you know, the whole premise of like, you can't pour from an empty cup, right? You have to be pouring inward so that then you can kind of let your beautiful self and all the gifts that you have to give to the world, like pour out. And I don't think that that can 
can happen unless you're taking the time to kind of pour in. I love that. That's so great. Yeah. Well, and I think people try to divide professional and personal and they always bleed into each other, right? Yep. So much so. You are who you are. And that's the person who you're bringing to work. So being aware of how you, of those kinds of things as, as you bring yourself to your professional life is super. Totally. And like you said, it's like the things that bother you at, in a home setting are probably also going to bother you in a work setting. And so understanding those things about yourself allows you to be a better partner, teammate, sibling, you know, parent, child, all the things. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And, you know, I've I've come to find out because, you know, I spend a lot of my Fridays, I, that Friday is the day that I spend a lot of time on TikTok typically because I can, but I, you know, I've learned a lot about like, Hey, you don't have to like, it's the, there's the mom talk or there's the ADHD talk. You know, there's all of those things that like have taught me to be like, Oh, I see that. Oh, that makes sense. Oh my gosh. I'm not a complete, like, you know, I'm not a complete monster. I'm not a complete, you know, completely discombobulated person. I just have to learn how to keep myself in check and keep myself structured. Turns out I work way better with structure, like complete structure. And that is something that I've really learned over the last, you know, probably year about myself just this year is that that's how I work better. And it was a complete surprise to me. So I think these anti-highlight reels are so relevant in teaching people how to be their actual selves unapologetically. And I, there's so much power in that. And I think that that is using something that you don't think is so great for the good of others. And I, I don't think there's any topping that it's just, it's completely fantastic. And so, but Julia, your TikToks are a complete vibe, you know, alone, uh, you know, as well as your Instagram posts. What is your content creation process and how do you decide on your topic? Oh, that's a good question. Well, when it comes to TikTok, there is no process. There is no rhyme. (laughs) There is no reason. TikTok is the only place that I allow myself to show up with no filter and just have fun. TikTok is my, this is for, and I make TikToks that I think are funny. So if an idea comes to my head that makes me laugh, I'm going to make a TikTok about it regardless of whether anyone else, I do not care how many likes I get. I've got no, you know, skin in the game when it comes to TikTok. That is like just my fun, creative outlet. And it's always funny because when I hear that, like you, I'm like, oh my God, Jen Paul sees my TikToks. I like forget that real people in my life are watching my TikToks because I solely am making them like just for my own amusement. So sometimes (laughs) when I get my head and I get a little self-conscious about it. So I appreciate your positive feedback on them. As for Instagram, that is the platform that I take the most seriously. And I put a lot of thought into my content for Instagram. I would say I probably spend about two or so hours every weekend, usually Saturday. Saturday is just like a day for me that I end up really feeling creative in the afternoon. And I love to write. So I will just let myself start writing. And I've got a notepad in my phone where I house all of the captions that I'm ever going to post on Instagram. And for me, because I love to write, the writing is usually where it starts. I have some idea in my head, something that I want to say, and I will write up a caption and then find photos that I've taken. Cause I also love to take pictures. I'll find photos that I've taken that I think match 
what I'm talking about or just photos that I think are fun to post that I want to kind of pair with that particular caption that I wrote. I fully believe in if you're in the mood to write, write. So I will just let myself write like 12 captions in that two hour block of time. And that then is my content for the rest of the week. And as far as Instagram, I also, and Jessica Phillips can attest to this, I am a stickler for the grid. I feel very strongly about making that grid look very sharp. And so I am super mindful about posting. I kind of like to vary between a carousel post and then a reel. I hardly ever post a single photo anymore to Instagram alone, just because like statistically that photo is not going to perform as well as a carousel or a reel. So I will find a way to either turn that single photo post into a carousel so that it kind of lives on a little longer for me in Instagram or make a reel and find then a cute photo that I like and kind of make that the cover. Again, I'm like so obsessive almost to a fault about how my grid on Instagram looks, but that's because Instagram's a very visual platform. And so I really like to put that time into making it look pretty because I like, we all like pretty things, right? And I think that's also about the anti-highlight reel. I think that I've had some people kind of send me a question of like, well, your feed looks great. How do you kind of talk about the anti-highlight reel, but your feed look to me, anti-highlight reel doesn't mean that my feed has to look gross. I still like pretty things and want it to look good. I just don't only want to post about the rosy things in my life. So um, that's kind of how I like to approach social media. And I, I post that. there. Well, and you know, a lot of your anti-highlight real stuff can be in the caption and you know, you're very transparent in your captions if people take the time to read them, which I do, but I think that holds a lot of power as well. There's a lot of power behind that and your photos are very expressive of your captions. They always match. And I, I think that's something that people need to just kind of take, you know, into consideration as well, because your words are so powerful, Julia, like you're great on you're you're perfect on TikTok. You, you definitely get that. But then like you, you do the thing on Instagram too, but you do the power of words with a photo. I it's art and you do it so well. Thank you so much. You are so sweet. <laughs> I'm just saying the truth. (laughs) (laughs) Facts, just the facts, man. Yep. Okay, so I feel like I my questions are all kind of touchy feely today. (laughs) I'm here for it. (laughs) So I, because I, you know, I cruised your blog and your your website this weekend as I was preparing for the show. So you want people to know that they are enough. So how would you help people understand this in a world where social media? and such tends to make people feel like they aren't. So I have this amazing tool that a therapist that I worked with a few years ago taught me, kind of gifted to me, and I highly, highly recommend everyone do this practice for themselves. My therapist called it rainbow cards. The premise is find, and you can go to a dollar store, you can go to like a Rite Aid. Essentially what you want to do is you want to find like a little stack of index cards The smaller, the better. If they can fit in your pocket or ladies like your purse, the smaller they are, the better, because then it means that you actually would take these things with you and they would be portable. And you want them to be bound by like a little binder ring so that you've got all these little cards that are kind of held together. And what you need to do is take some time. And this is something that you you kind of sit down, put in some time once, and then it can be a practice that you do as often as you want to. But I recommend taking at least 15 minutes, if you can, 30 minutes, an hour, 
each card, you're going to write something that you love about yourself. And it can be anything, right? Like I love the sound of my laugh when I'm cracking up, like the deep belly laugh. I love that sound. That's one of mine. I love that I'm really thoughtful. I love that I'm expressive and that you can read my emotions on my face. One after the next. I have at least a hundred things about myself that I've written on these cards. And when I'm having a day where I feel like an actual piece of garbage, I look at these cards and I'm like, oh, oh my God. Wow. I'm just being so mean. (laughs) And yeah, exactly. And the things that we say to ourselves are things that we would never say to anyone, but we give ourselves awful self-talk. And especially if you're a perfectionist like me, you can do that like a lot of times a day. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you need to be reminded of how amazing you are. But the thing is, is what I found is sometimes it's so helpful and loving and amazing for someone who cares about you to remind you. But it is super powerful when you're the one reminding yourself because you know yourself better than anyone else. And you know the things that will really speak to your heart better than anyone else. And those are the things that then you write on those cards. And when you read and you are reading your own handwriting, it is a really, really helpful way to step back into your power. And it is almost impossible if you flip through 10 of these things and read 10 different things that you love about yourself, it is almost impossible to not feel even just a small, slight shift to be feeling a little bit more self-loving. And what's great about this exercise is like, not only is it really helpful, I think in reinforcing self-love, but it's also a great self-awareness practice is because even just the act of writing these things that you love about yourself is an act of tapping into what do you know about yourself, right? And that's self-awareness. So I think everyone needs a little stack of these cards to write beautiful things about themselves. And if you need help, I can list off, like, if I know you, like 10 things about you to help you get started on your card. So feel free to reach out to me and I will help you kickstart this uh, process. (laughs) That's fabulous. Well, my number one love language is words of affirmation. And so the thought of like, acts of service is like one off. It's like very close, but Like, so doing that for myself, that's important too. I hadn't even thought about it in that way until just now. It is the greatest. I really, I like swear by these things too. I seriously have this stack right in my backpack next to me and it comes with me almost anywhere I go. I love that. That's awesome. That's a really good idea. Yeah. Great time for that. Yeah. You know what time it is? What time is it, Megan? It's brain break time. Oh, yeah. I mean, not that we've been getting super heady. <laughs> it's been a little, <laughs> it's been a little fluffy, <laughs> but sometimes we need that, right? We don't need all like tact- hardcore tactics for marketing. Sometimes we need the other, the other stuff as well. So, <laughs> all right. So those of you who listen to the show know that we do a brain break. And this time we let our guest select what the question is. So the question today is what is your dream summer vacation. And so I'm going to let our guests go first since it was her idea. So my dream summer vacation is somewhere warm, not too hot, but near the water. 70s, even 80s is great. And getting to wake up late, make breakfast, go outside and spend most of the day outside, whether that is taking a hike, going 
kayaking or canoeing or stand up paddle boarding. I love and just spending the day outside and then getting to end the day with like a little picnic or dinner outside and roasting some marshmallows, making s'mores, and then watching a movie and cuddling up with my dog. Like doing that for a number of days in a row sounds like the ultimate summer vacation. Absolutely. I can I yeah. borrow your dog because I am taking a <laughs> vacation next week. After this event, I just decided to, and then after Bottle Rock, I'm just staying up north and I'm going to get like a beach house in Half Moon Bay or Bodega Bay or something. And I'm just going to chill out, but I'm missing the dog. Well, he would love to, <laughs> he would love to come. He would be happy to take over your vacation and let you know that it's now about him and not about you. <laughs> He'd be perfectly fine. <laughs> I love that. And what about you? Oh, I, you know, my big vacation idea is probably Italy. I really want to go to Italy. I want to do the wine. I want to do, I love their culture. I just, I I would really just, I think a great summer vacation for Jen Cole would be go to Italy. That's what I think it should be. I might be revising mine now. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking that while you were talking too. I was like, oh, that sounds fun. But I really want to go to Italy. (laughs) I can do that in Italy. Like endless gelato. Okay. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. (laughs) That's right. What about you, Megan? Well, it's always somewhere tropical. I mean, I do like the mountains too, but if I like, you know, had to make a decision, I'm going to the beach. I'm taking a tropical vacation. And of course, people are funny. They're like, when I go to Hawaii, you live in San Diego. Why are you going to Hawaii? I'm like, it's different. (laughs) It's more (laughs) tropical. But I, my brain always goes to the top of my bucket list is Maldives. So like the huts on top of the water situation. And I prefer my vacations to be low plan. Like I want to like roll with the flow. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm okay to have some things scheduled, but this is why I like, it's better for me to travel alone a lot because then I do what I want when I want how I want. (laughs) If I want to sleep until 10, I sleep until 10. Like that's just because why I having an alarm set and like a rigid schedule on a vacation seems super counterproductive to me. Oh my God. Yeah. I agree. I'm a hardcore, (laughs) no alarm gal on the weekends and on vacation. There's no place for alarms. (laughs) Yeah. I am. (laughs) We have a few weekends coming up where there are no boys baseball games. And I'm really looking forward to those weekends with no alarms <laughs> <laughs> and then school year is coming to an, an end too. So that's going to be, oh, so nice. So nice. <laughs> yeah. Being a parent and having to shuttle kids around all weekend, Ooh. I think would be really hard. So yeah, yeah it's, it's too, getting yeah. a lot. Well, we're going into high school. It's about to get even crazier. <laughs> oh my goodness. Right. All right. All right. Why don't we kick off the second half? Let's do this. All right. So as you know, Julia and Megan, my boyfriend, Tim, is a photographer. And every once in a while, he has a client who dislikes his work because he refuses to use filters in his collections. It's almost as if they don't even recognize themselves without a filter or they don't even they like forget that they're out walking in the world looking as they do you know, without a built-in filter. So do you believe that the overuse of pretty filters is becoming a real problem and how people view themselves online versus out in the real world? Oh my gosh, so much so. I mean, I actually feel super strongly about really, really minimizing the amount of facial filters that I use. Like nine, nine out of 10 times that I am on camera, on stories, I'm not using a facial filter. And honestly, mostly for me, 
because it is, it messes with my mind to see my face looking totally freaking different than it actually is. And I just, again, it kind of goes into that highlight reel kind of thing is like, we are beautiful enough as is we can just show up with our face as it looks these, all of these filters, I think are just like really harming people's self-confidence in how they look naturally. And that makes my heart hurt. Yeah. It it hurts my heart too. It really hurts my heart too. I, I can't believe, you know, that people have become so reliant on something that's not real about themselves. It's very sad to me because people love you when you're walking around in the world. The people that matter, they love you anyway, you know, whether you look like a Barbie doll or not. And most of us, let's face it, pretty much all of us don't look like a Barbie doll. Yes. (laughs) So we can be our real selves and people love us, you know, because of who we are. Exactly. No question. All right. So I, I think this is a term I saw you um, right somewhere. How do you help? How do you help people discover their special sauce? Ooh, so that's like you know my biggest exercise that I would recommend people doing to discover what is the thing that makes you you is call five to ten people in your life and ask them this question: What shows up when I do? They might be like, "What?" and you're gonna have to ask them again. And you're going to just say it in the same way. What shows up when I do? When I enter a room, what comes with me? And just be silent. Don't try and fill their brain with ideas or prompt them. Just hold the space. It might be awkward. They're going to need to think because that's a weird question that we don't ask each other. So be comfortable with the uncomfortable silence for a little bit and just listen to what people have to say and try and jot down notes. And you will see very likely, especially if you call eight people, 10 people, the more people you call, the more likely it is that you are going to see a lot of similarities in what these people have to say. The thing that I got the most was energy. What shows up when I do energy. And that is something that people have remarked on, on my live videos in person and meeting me. It is the one thing that I hear time and time and time again. And so that is something that I've come to really realize. Okay. And that's what I lead with. Like it's, it's not something that I have to manufacture. It comes with me all the time. And I lean into that. I know that I'm not for everyone. For some people, my amount of energy is exhausting And it's good for me to know that. And it's good for them to know that, that I'm just not their kind of person. But the best thing you can do to kind of figure out what is your thing? What's the thing that makes you you and sets you apart? Ask people, ask them what they think of when they think of you. And the more people you ask, the more answers you're going to get. And the more you're going to be able to really see what is the thing that people think is memorable about you. That's so great. Yeah. I I tried an exercise that someone, I forget some speaker I saw said like about personal branding is to ask people, what are three words that people think, you know, reflect what are are your personal brand words or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I like this better. I mean, they're different things, right? Depending on what you're trying to learn. Totally. That's a really good idea. I I like the idea of getting it from somebody else too, because there's probably some stuff out there that you're not even aware, you know, and and it, it might help you. It might Feed, feed you even further, you know, because like we said, the three of us are all words of affirmation people. And so for all of us, words of affirmation people out there, this kind of stuff is so helpful. It, it, really, is. <laughs> it really is. Um, all right. So on the other end of the spectrum, kind of, do you feel like the anti-highlight real concept can be overdone? For instance, like when is oversharing? 
for those who probably like for, for people that are like, okay, so I am emotional about this, but where's what's too far, you know? <laughs> I think what is too far is if you are emotionally dumping on your audience. So I am never going to come on to social media in the midst of a panic attack with with no solution and just vent my feelings to people with that is inappropriate to me. And that is not the right way to, that's too much and too far, right? I believe in being vulnerable and sharing, but come to people, people don't like open loops, right? You got to come with a close, come with a solution or a lesson learned or a takeaway. You want to be leading with value, right? Otherwise you're literally just leading with a problem. And then you're, people need to like, if you just leave someone with a problem, I mean, if I were in that audience, that would stick with me all day. And I would be upset and thinking, how is this person doing? Or they right. okay? it would, it would just, it would stick with me. And you don't want to do that, right? You don't want to be causing people emotional turmoil. You want to be providing them with insights or some valuable takeaway. So I think it's totally fair and awesome to be vulnerable, but do it in a way that is helping to inspire, educate, provide some kind of value to your audience, because otherwise you're kind of just coming to them with a problem that then they are going to want to solve because they love you and it's not their problem to solve. Yeah. I love that. I love that. (laughs) And then, you know, you've kind of processed your own, you know, worked through it yourself, processed it. You're not reacting, you know, to a thing while you're posting because then also when does it end? Exactly. (laughs) How can you solve your problem if you're too busy reacting? (laughs) I love that. Lead with value. Lead with value. Always. Great. How do you solve a problem? Like, just kidding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's just what I thought when when you said that. Maria is not part of this conversation. Okay, so (laughs) our final question that we like to ask all of our guests is for a business book recommendation for our listeners. What you got? So my favorite, and I'm going to say it's a business book because I think that business people should read it, but it might not fall within the classification of a business book, but Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert is one of the best books that I have ever read. It's just a book to inspire you to think big and to be creative. And so Big Magic really, really kind of transformed so much for me. And just in terms of kind of giving myself permission to take up space and to do things a little bit differently and to not feel so much fear around doing that. That's great. Yeah, I'm gonna have to check it out. My book list, every time a, a guest <laughs> recommends a book, I get it. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so behind. <laughs> I am too. Far behind. <laughs> I'm I'm halfway, I'm also halfway through like 10 books. So, or partway through I, 10 books. Yeah. I just got Anne Hanley's Everybody Writes, and now she's putting out her second version. I'm like, what now what do I do? I do should I just buy the second one? <laughs> Keep the first one to be pretty on my bookshelf. <laughs> right. Well, it's an update, right? It's a yeah. So yep. yeah. 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 And if you can, I recommend listening to Big Magic. So like if you can get it on Audible so that you can hear Elizabeth Gilbert, there is a lot more power when you can hear her words in the way that she intended them. It's just like, I think that's what made the book feel so magical for me. So highly recommend the Audible version if you can. That's a great tip. That is a really good tip. That's something I don't even think about, you know, like the added, you know, context of inflection. Oh, I'm (laughs) so nerd about that. There are like specific books that I will only listen to on Audible versus other <laughs> kinds of books that I will let myself read in paperback. It's like, depending on the subject matter, it's like, I, I, and 
if the author is like, if the author yeah. isn't reading it, I'm like, I don't care about that. Yeah. But if yeah. The author's reading their work and it's mm-hmm. in a particular genre. I'm like, Ooh, okay. I need, I need to do the audible version. Yeah. Well, of course I'll put that in the show notes as well. We'll link to the, the audible version. Even. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, thank you, Julia. This is so much fun and enlightening and I feel inspired. And like I said, before we started recording, I needed some sunshine in my life today and you have provided that. So thank you for setting me up for the rest of the day. My pleasure. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you guys for doing this podcast and bringing on great guests so that we can all benefit from listening to them. I just love you both so much. So this was a real treat for me to get to spend some time talking with you guys. Well, that feeling is mutual. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely love you too. All right, friends. And Jen, thank you as well as always. And thank you, Megan. You're a phenomenal host. Oh, you're sweet. Well, uh, this is the joy in my work right now. So hosting podcasts and getting to talk to people is like magic for me. So love it, love it, love it. All right, friends, this is 106. We have a few more episodes in season five, and then we will start season six in August. So if you're listening to this and you think that you'd like to be on, please DM us on our Twitter, which is at make a marketer. And, you know, if you want to rate and review us, we would appreciate that as well, because that gets us heard by more folks. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. This has been episode 106 and we will catch you next time.